Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please leave us a five-star review. We'd like to say, wish you a happy holiday season and a happy new year hopefully you get to spend time with your family and i wanted to say that before i bring in the grinch everyone's favorite jt jimmy thompson how you feeling today it was fine until you dissed me like that damn you making it seem like like you don't be annoying the shit out of me like oh if you don't answer my text by 9 a.m i'm just gonna keep bothering you like i'm not a grinch i just i just like my free time sometimes can i get a break like I got, I got, I got to talk to you in like five different chats, and all you do is bash me. I need a break. That's that's my holiday season is to get a break from you. But no, you know, no, here we're I in am this, we're doing in a this. show with you. No. Here I am stuck with you again. I got to do a show with you between the holidays when I'm supposed to be on vacation. But you know, I'm not complaining. No, we're in this for life. You get no days off, as Bill Belichick says. Plus. You're you're talking about being on vacation, bro. You're on a permanent vacation. When's the last time you've gone into the office for work? Yeah, you don't even remember. So you're on a permanent vacation. I don't want to hear this that oh, not I'm supposed to get into the break. office and not working are not the same things. I work, I work, I just don't have to get in traffic. You can't hate me for that. Sounds like a little bit of guilt, but it sounds like ahead. a little bit of hate. Go ahead. All right, but I speaking of hate, we're gonna talk about something that. Everybody can agree whether you fall on one side of the spectrum or not. You hate somebody in this this first topic we're going to talk about, it's Denver Broncos. So the Broncos were destroyed on Christmas Day by the Rams, and they fell to 4-11 and 11 on the season. Then on Monday, they fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Rough time, rough times. But, Don, I want to go to this first. Who's more to blame for the failures in Denver this year? Is it Hackett or is it Russ? Well, it's both, of course. But if you're asking who is more to blame, I mean, I'd want to say 50-50. So, actually, I want you to go ahead and answer this first because I'm curious to, to see what you say about it. 50-50? Man, come on. Like, hey, I know at least one of the people that is involved in this question has shown me that they have, or, or at least Hall of Fame level at their profession, and that's Russell Wilson. So I'm not going to bash his whole career off of one bad year with a sorry-ass coach. But I got to say who's more to blame, it's Hackett and it's the Broncos' front office. Like, this was a terrible hire, and we said that when he first when he was first brought in, and he's been abysmal since opening night. Like, they should have left his ass on the tarmac in London like he was Lane Kiffin. Like, this was a disaster. And to make matters worse, he put together an all-time bad staff. Like, I don't even know if anybody that was on that staff with him knew what they were doing, even at their own job. So I'm convinced Hackett's not an NFL coach. Shoot, I'm not even convinced he's a coordinator because I think the whole plan was just to bring in Aaron Rodgers 
and Hackett just be his BFF and Aaron Rodgers was going to be the head coach of the Broncos. And then once that didn't happen, you know, you see the rest is history. But I also got to blame the front office along with him because, like I said, one, they hired him, but also they have built a terrible roster and they traded for a Hall of Fame quarterback and they were expecting him to overcome all the trash that they've assembled. So I just don't understand how they thought this was a this was going to work out. And then to make matters worse, the person that's supposed to save your team is the quarterback and they may have the worst offensive line in the NFL. So. I, I don't see how you could put more blame on Russ and not say like 80% or more of this is on packages being bad and then John Elway and the Broncos front office just being even worse. I agree with everything you said in terms of the blame going on Hackett in the front office. But when you're saying 80% on Hackett, that's where I disagree. I think it's equal amount because – I have everything written down that you said about Hackett. And actually, you should have thrown in how he kind of lost the team after the first game where he decided to kick a 64-yard field goal instead of allowing it in Russ's hands. But then he later did that in another game. And what did Russell Wilson do in the end zone? He threw an interception. Like, that throw's not coming from Nathaniel Hackett. That's coming from Russell Wilson. And I agree with you. He's He has a Hall of Fame career, but... That does not excuse him or lessen the blame in this specific situation. Like, if you want to just give him a pass, that's one thing. But, hey, if we're talking about blame, it's 50-50 because this is the thing, JT. He hasn't played well. Even if it wasn't to his standards, even to the average QB standards, he hasn't played well. He's made bad decisions as we saw him throw, you know, a potential game-winning touchdown. He threw an interception instead. And... I think this is the deciding factor of why I say he's got to shoulder a lot of blame. And you always say this is, you know, you said this about Carson Wentz. He's lost the locker room and guys don't want to play for him. Well, guess what's happening in Denver, JT? The same thing is happening to Russell Wilson. He's Guys aren't following him. He's your QB that you gave a huge contract to. They're not following him. That's not on Hackett. That's on him. The fact that maybe the locker room is lost is partly on Hackett. But when they're not following their QB, that's on the QB. And this is the thing. He has his own office in the in the Broncos uh, building, which not even Tom Brady has his own office, right? Someone says he has Because multiple... Tom Brady ain't staying. Like, well, Tom Brady could just he go didn't have that. I, I, he didn't I, have I, that. Hold I, I, on. Let, let me finish. He didn't have that in New England, meaning Brady. I heard somewhere that Russell Wilson has multiple parking spots for his cars. Why do you need multiple parking spots? And then you go back to that trip to London that you mentioned. I think his his comments afterward. Oh, the the working out in the aisle yes, during the flight. And Why does everybody find that so because, annoying? No, because this is the thing. He had to mention, oh, wow, my teammates are sleeping. So there he's trying to make it out that, hey, I'm trying to do all this. Look at this work ethic and this standard I'm setting. You guys need to follow. It's like, bro, these are professional grown men. You know, like you need to lead by example and they'll follow. But when you call them out, that, that's what it sounded like. Right. And then this is the other thing why it's, it's his fault. The organization made the mistake of maybe trading for him. But when someone gives up two first round picks, Two second round picks, three quality players, you need to produce. 
And then going back to the issue with the teammates, this occurred in Seattle, JT. So that's where he's got to take the blame. This isn't just a one-off to say, oh, it's the Denver teammates that aren't following him. No, this was happening at the end in Seattle. There is something, I, you know me, I've backed Russell Wilson to the end. But now I'm starting to realize what's going on here. Because is this the end? It, it, it might be. Is this the end? You're it like, might I be. backed Russell Wilson to the end, but today I'm just going to throw his ass under the bus and hit reverse. It, it might be because now this is a second time. I defended him in Seattle, but now it's like, hey, you had a whole new set of teammates, and it sounds like the same thing happened in Seattle all over again. So I, I don't know. There's got to be a 50-50 blame on Russell. I'm sorry. All right, so I'm going 80-20, you're going 50-50. But I think the one thing that we can agree on is that the Broncos are broken. So of course, naturally, the next question is, how do you fix this? And who should they hire as their next head coach? All right, so JT, over the past like two or three off seasons, what has been my theme of who should be hired? Eric Bieniemy, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be so my theme no, 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 it's not the enemy. This is going to be my theme this offseason, okay? Anytime you ask me who should someone hire, the first guy on the list probably about 99% of the time is going to be D'Amico Ryans, all right? So if you come to me and say, how do they fix it? Who should they hire? Well, first, it's hard to fix with players because they've got no draft picks. They're losing a top three. So the way to fix it is you got to bring in a guy that's going to be there for the long term in that I think players are going to respect. And believe it or not, I think it's got to be a little defensive minded because the Broncos still have a good defense. So it's got to be D'Amico Ryans, right? The Broncos D can still be, you know, a top, uh, a top defense in this league, at least top third, if not like a top five. And then what you do is you bring in a true OC, whether that's up to D'Amico Ryans, whether it's, a collaborative effort between D'Amico Ryans and the front office. You have to bring in a true OC who can give all of his attention to Russell Wilson. So that way it's not an offensive minded head coach that now has to juggle head coaching duties, play calling, and the relationship with Russell Wilson. You bring in a defensive guy like D'Amico Ryans. Then you bring in an offensive coordinator that can now do two things, play call, and give all their attention to Russell Wilson to make sure this relationship with Russell Wilson works because, JT, the Broncos are married to him for a long time now. Yeah, I, they gave him half a billion dollars. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be stuck there for a while. But you made good points. How do they fix it? They have to, one, heavily invest in the offensive line because it's the worst in the league. And I think that's a uh, part of the problem why we saw Russell Wilson just struggle so much is they couldn't block for him and getting somebody in there as a coach is going to be tough because like you said, they gave away all this first round draft capital and now they're stuck with this shitty roster and a quarterback that everybody just swears is black Zach Wilson now. So what coach that is offensive minded and is ascending is going to want to take that job. Like I can't bring in any weapons through the draft and I'm stuck with a quarterback that I'm kind of iffy about. And I'm not sure he's as good as people thought he was before. So I don't want to say that you're right with D'Amico Ryans, but if it's not him, it's going to have to be, they're going to have to take the Vic Fangio route and bring in somebody like maybe a Basaccia where it's like, look, we got to play to our strengths. 
good defense and we're going to be tough on offense and run the ball. And, you know, hopefully Russ can get better with whatever OC decides to take this job. Because if I am anybody like a Sean Payton or whoever is the next hot OC or offensive guy from college or in the NFL, like Denver is like the Houston, Texas to me. Like I'm not taking this job, like, because it's a trap job and I could end up like Nathaniel Hackett where I might not ever get another job again. Yeah. Just by taking this job. So well, the I difference... don't know. I don't know who they should hire because I don't know if anybody will want this job. Like this is the kind of situation that will make Eric Bieniemy stay in KC for another year. Like I don't see anybody wanting this job and I just don't see how they can fix it. Other just other than just saying we're going to invest in the offensive line. And we're just going to run the ball. Well, I think it's a little different than the, you bring up a, an interesting comparison with the Texans, but I think it's a little different in that the Texans had Davis Mills like they didn't and they didn't really have many offensive weapons besides Brandon Cooks. This is different. You're at least coming in like like you've mentioned, like we've mentioned a Hall of Fame quarterback. Not too many situations, JT, that you come in and the quarterback is locked up and he's a Hall of Fame guy. Usually those coaches are not. They don't. They either don't resign or they're not fired. Besides Mike, the Mike McCarthy situation. So these come up like once every three, four, five years. Coaching jobs like this. So I don't think it's as bad as everyone says because you do have young talent on the offensive side of the ball. It's the offensive line that needs fixed, as you said. It's just unfortunate because I don't think you can fix offensive lines overnight, as people think. It does take time, especially if you got to do it through the draft. All right, so let's go on. You're wearing a Tua shirt today. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to the bro Zach for getting me this Tua shirt for Christmas. I told him I wouldn't wear it during the game on Christmas because I didn't think he was worthy of wearing that. And of course, he proved me right. Threw three picks in the fourth quarter, lost the game for us. But just because my bro got me this for Christmas, I'm going to support him and show it on my show. So here you go. Don't you can't call me a 100% to a hater. I'm I'm decked out in his gear, so I'm at least saying I I I support him because he's on my team. So for the people that don't know, Zach is his brother-in-law. So Zach, thanks for sending him that shirt. Good job. Keep sending him to a gear gear. But the thing is, JT, you're you're wearing that in like in spite of all of this because am I you knew, see, see, there, yeah, there, you knew there we were going to talk you about you, it. You think no, you, you know the we script? Were, just ask the damn question. You, you knew think we you were going to talk about don't. it. You just took a little jab at Tua. Like, be a true fan. Go down with the ship, with your team. I've Go been down going with down with it. the Titanic for decades. What do you mean? <laughs> no, you haven't. You're always the first can, one off. You I don't even need a life jacket. Anymore. I've been going down with the ship so long. I don't yeah. even need a life jacket. Uh, I you're the, swim. You're the first one off, and you're waving at everyone as you get you're on. You're trying the, to say I'm, I'm like the rich people in Titanic. Like, I'm getting in a boat that's not even full yet and riding off with my mink. You are on a permanent vacation, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you. But all right, so your Dolphins blew a second-half lead uh, against the Packers this past Sunday with Tua throwing three interceptions. On Monday, we find out that Tua self-reported concussion symptoms, um, so he is now technically in concussion protocol. So, JT, are the Dolphins at fault again with the Tua situation in terms of the concussion protocol, or – is it on Tua for not reporting it right away? What kind of shit show is this? Like, 
It's the Dolphins and their medical staff, if you even want to call them that. Like, they have failed Tua on an epic scale. Like, I thought the doctor that they fired was supposed to be the bad apple, right? False. Turns out that this is a cesspool of incompetence. And we deserve, like, you want to talk about going down with the ship? As a Dolphins fan, we deserve serious punishment for how we've handled this whole situation. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, they are going to get this man killed. And it's like, for what? Like, what are we doing? Like, this is your, it's not, it's one thing to do this to a player, but it's another thing to do this to a, a potential franchise quarterback. Like, who is making these decisions? Like, there needs to be an investigation, like a real one, like FBI level investigation. And then there needs to be a, a 30 for 30 on this. Like, this is horrendous. I've never seen anything like this before. Well, it's definitely not on Tua because. You know, these guys are playing for their jobs. He's been getting, you know, bashed by the media, by fans. He's not going to take himself out. Plus, we don't even know if he was experiencing these symptoms in the moment for him to report them. But in theory, JT, these sort of situations are out of the team's hands because it's supposed to be up to the certified, what's called a certified athletic trainer spotter. When they see situations like this, like, ooh, he banged his head really hard on the turf. What did he do? We need to call a medical. Spotter. Yeah, we need to call a medical timeout and have the him come spot, out. I'm, that, I'm convinced that, the spotter, the spotters are betting on games, and that's that's the only explanation for what's been going on. Like, what is what is this? I well, don't get it. That's quite that's quite a conspiracy theory. But hey, you never know. But I, I I think the responsibility falls on those spotters because it happened in the Buffalo game. Now it's happened again to Tua. And if you go back a couple weeks ago, they almost missed it with Devontae Parker, but a timeout was called, I think, by New England or whoever they were playing, and then they pulled Devontae Parker out. They didn't take a medical timeout at the moment to say, hey, he needs to come off because he's falling on the ground. So these spotters need to do a better job because there's a lot of health concerns involved here and player safety is at the you know the forefront of the league or it should be and they're messing up so it, it's on the spotters here i don't know how much say the dolphins have with that like maybe they have their own people watching too and they should have reported that but the spotters are they need to do a better job so with that though should tua uh, jt be shut down for the season Absolutely. He has at least three concussions that we know about and his health isn't worth this shit. Like our best case scenario is we lose the next two games. We don't make the playoffs or we sneak into the playoffs and lose that first game anyway. So his family deserves better than this. So shut him down. Like he, he's got to We want him to live beyond this Dolphins contract. Like it's not worth it, man. Just, if the Dolphins won't shut you down, just voluntarily shut yourself down. And I don't think anybody will give him crap about it if he does. So, JT, technically, I think he's only had one concussion. You said three. He's technically only had one. That was the But we've he... seen three. Correct. We've seen three head trauma injuries. But what I'm saying is only one of those has been diagnosed as a concussion. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Medically, that's what's been diagnosed as only one. But to answer the question, I agree with you in that it should at least at the very 
at the very least, it should be on the table. It should be con- seriously considered that he shut it down for the season. If the NFL is serious about player safety and health, especially when it comes to the brain and to, to head injuries, it's got to be on the table at the very least. And then the other thing is, if you're the Dolphins, this guy is supposed to be your future, right? If Mike McDan- if Mike McDaniel believes in him, then why put him out here? Because no offense, but I don't think the Dolphins, they're still one or two pieces away from being a true Super Bowl contender, having a true run deep into the playoffs. Yeah, we, we still got to fix the offensive line. Yeah, and you might need – the defense has to get a little bit better too. Yeah, we need but, pass rushers. <laughs> but with that said, why I say that is it's not to be disrespectful, but it's to say, hey, let's play the long game here if he's your guy. And even if he isn't, then at least look out for the guy saying, hey, you're not our guy, so we're not going to put you out there anyway. But if or, he is your – Or that brings up a good point. Like this is something that I talked about on this just said on Monday, and – to me, this looks like we don't think he's the franchise quarterback of the future, so we don't want to pair him with Mike McDaniel long term. So let's just put him out there and see what happens. If we get lucky and he wins, fine. If not, he gets hurt. We'll say, hey, look, he's hurt. This is why we can't extend him. Like this, I feel like this is what teams do when they don't care about people and they don't see they've made a decision where they don't see you in the long term plans. Like I think this is very similar to the conspiracy theories about like Trey Lance, like. There was a there was a, a disagreement in the front office between Shanahan and Lynch about who wanted him, and Shanahan runs Lance differently from the other quarterbacks on that roster, and that and Lance ends up getting hurt. Like he's not running QB powers with Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it, I'm not saying it's 100 true, but it seems very fishy to me. There's like we don't we're not taking our franchise quarterbacks health this seriously because if this were Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert like no way they're out there well those guys are different too in that Trey Lance is probably more athletic right he's probably a better runner yeah but he's right? but they were running him like you're just like saying don't Josh run Allen or Cam yeah, Newton he ain't that big you're just saying don't run the QB power no I I get you and so that's what it comes down to here is that either way if you don't think he's the guy of the future, then at least look out for him as a player. And if you do think he is, as a person. then you, then, yeah, exactly. Or I'm sorry, as a, as a person, right? Yeah, sorry, I said player. I meant person. And then if he is your QB of the future, then you've got to have that conversation. And I think that's the whole thing is like have a conversation with Tua, with the medical staff, with Tua's representatives. Hey, long term health outside of football. What, what do we see this as? You know, what's the concern? And so you got to have that. You you have to have that conversation. It's got to be at least on the table, JT, to shut them down for the rest of the season. So if they need to play without him, whether they shut him down or just medically they say, hey, you, you can't play. Can the Dolphins make the playoffs without him? No chance in hell. I might not be the biggest Tua fan, but I know enough to know yeah, that. All right. There Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson are trash. Give if Tua, Tua his respect. Yeah. If Tua couldn't beat Green Bay at home to get in the playoffs, like I have no confidence in Teddy B beating New England and the Jets with Mike White. Like I just don't see it. And the record speaks for itself. We're what, eight and three with Tua, and we haven't won a game without him. So if he's not out there, we have no shot. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. No, no way you make the playoffs without him. They had three points in the second half in that Bengals game where he got hurt. Then JT, they go on to lose with Teddy Bridgewater, 40 to 17 versus the Jets, 24-16 to the Vikings. Like Teddy is fine. Don't get me wrong, but with a tough schedule, you need your guy. You need to uh and like I said though, I still think the Dolphins are a couple pieces away from you know from really being a true contender in the AFC. All right, speaking of AFC, let's go to something that we've been arguing about. All year. All year. Bring it on. I run up chimneys. Don't forget, I want the smoke. I run up chimneys. Let's go. Bring the smoke. Whatever the hell that means. Um, We've been arguing about this, and we care absolutely nothing about these teams in real life. So it's funny that that this has become such a talking point, but it's the AFC South. So this division is going to come down to the Titans and the Jags. Uh, they're both seven and eight, and the division will basically be decided by their week 18 matchup. Winner takes all, no matter what happens in week 17. So, simple question AFC South, who's going to win a division, the Titans or the Jags? Well, listen, I got to go Titans because I can't let you have the Jags. The Jags can't win this division. If, if, if there is any semblance of like some love for me somewhere, the Jags cannot win this division. So, I'm going Titans. I think the Jaguars are still a little inexperienced, and I'm not going against Vrabel. I I know the Jaguars have Doug Peterson, but I'm not going against Vrabel. When the chips are down, that's usually when his teams play the best, and I'm not going against Derrick Henry. I mean, the Jaguars in the last 14 games against the Titans are 3-11. and They did win in Tennessee earlier, but Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 121 yards. So if I'm not going to have Tannehill, which I think he might be back, for no, he's done for the regular season. Oh, he is? Okay. Well, this game against the Cowboys for the Titans doesn't mean anything, but it all comes down to that game, like we said, in Week 18. So if I'm Vrabel, this is what I do, JT. I sit Derrick Henry against the Cowboys, and I run him 40, 45 times against the Jaguars, and I dare them to put eight in the box to stop him. That's what I do. I think the Titans win that game. It's the Jags, the best quarterback, plus the best coach, plus the best roster. Come on now. That's simple mathematics. Next question. So I know how much you, you got hate- the next question. I know, don't try, don't know try to pull Drew Rosenhaus. He ain't that good yet. So I know how much you hate the Jags. I get it. But let's let's have an honest conversation. Are are they legit? And how far can they go? I think they will be legit. I, I don't know what your definition of legit is. Like this year, I, I don't I don't think so, but they will be legit because of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they're always going to be in games because they're going to have that stud QB. Um, I think even if they make the playoffs this year, let's say they somehow win the division, I think they're one and done. They just their run game doesn't convince me that they can win in the playoffs. Um, I think if the Jets had Mike White last week. I think the Jets win that game easily. And that's nothing against the Jaguars. It's just that the Jets have a good defense. Like the Jets kept them in that game. And eventually you give Trevor enough chances he's going to produce. But I just, I don't believe in their run game yet. And I still think they're young. And I always tell you, JT, you got to take your lumps before you can, can grow. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from with that. But I told you in the offseason, I think that they're legit because it's a sleeping giant that is a rare situation that that you almost never see happen. You have your franchise quarterback already under a rookie deal. 
The roster is pretty good. You have tons of cap space. And then on top of that, you get a coach that has Super Bowl winning experience. Like it, that very rarely happens. So, yeah, I do think they're legit this year. I think that they're definitely going to be legit next year because they're going to have the experience and they get Calvin Ridley, which is crazy. And if they win the division, they're going to likely get a home game against a team that they've already beat this year. So I like their odds to win that. And then you mentioned it, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's a stud quarterback. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level. And to me, when you have a guy like that, that makes them dangerous. I'm going to go back to something you said earlier this year. And I kind of agree with it. And you were saying, like, who are the next Cincinnati Bengals? And, you know, you made a good point at the time with the Dolphins, but it could be these guys, the Jags. Like, they have so many weapons. The quarterback is playing out of his mind. The coach is great. And I just – they just got this feeling around them. They're getting extremely hot at the right time. And it's the AFC, man. You just never know. So we'll see what happens. But I do think they're legit, and I do think they can at least win one or two playoff games. This year? Yeah, this year. Wow, one or two. This guy's doubling down. At least at least you're doubling down. I, I can respect that. So I know you want to talk about it because anytime I'm wrong, which doesn't happen often, but it happens. You know, we're all human. That you always like to bring why, up. Why do I? Why do I let you? Why do I let you cap so much on this show? Like this, this is part of the problem. Like I, I give you a little bit of leeway. You just, you know, you just run the one hundred yard, one hundred meter dash. Like I don't understand this, man. Like I gotta stop. I gotta start shutting you down more consistently. You know, you're, you're wrong this, a lot of times. You're, you're gonna bring this up for the next five or ten years. Like remember that one time where you were way wrong, but. The Colts. Let's talk about we're in the AFC South. Yes, let's, let's talk, talk about your let's, trash ass let's, Colts. Let's talk about the Indian. Let's talk about your trash ass Super Bowl <laughs> winning Colts. Yes, let's talk about them. Well, I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, did you I? did. You said I can go pull up the Colts. They are definitely going to the Super Bowl. So see, that's different than winning. See, you always like to mix that's my the words. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to ask the question if you would let me. The Indianapolis Colts. Blew a 33-point lead to the Vikings a couple weeks ago. They looked terrible on Monday night against the Chargers. Jeff Saturday's now 1-5. Who knows what their record is? They trade. Uh, they fired Frank Reich. So they benched Matt Ryan. I could keep going on how bad and disastrous of a season it is, and JT would love me to keep going on. But, JT, first question. What – I'll just combine them. What went wrong? And then, two, how did they fix it? Um, so what, what, what went wrong, what went wrong with the Colts is the same thing that I had said last year and the beginning of this season. It's a terrible roster. Like they have individual players that are actually good, but their roster, like they have no depth. Like it's a talent issue. They're like devoid of talent. They were never a quarterback away from being this great playoff team. Like a lot of people thought, and that's why. Carson Wentz didn't work. That's why Matt Ryan didn't work because they're just not good. And what exasperated it this year was Jonathan Taylor got hurt and the offensive line took a step back, which are those are the things that you were relying on if if they were going to make any sort of noise to make the playoff and, you know, get to the Super Bowl like you predicted. Like once those two key elements weren't working, it was bound to be a disaster. And I think that's what happened is people saw one how bad Chris Ballard is as a GM when it comes to putting a team together. And then also you see how much Andrew Luck really propped up this, this franchise. Like since he's been gone, it's just been, it's been abysmal. And I feel like those two things are something that they need to recover from now, how to fix it. 
I think they need to fire the GM. I think they need to bring in a real GM that's going to rebuild this, like on the Cleveland Browns level scale. Bring in somebody that's going to rebuild this this roster. Get a get a uh, at least a franchise quarterback in the draft and go from there. But this is not an easy project. Like I don't know. This might take two GMs to fix, like two, like the GM coming in, almost getting close, getting fired, and they bring in somebody else because the Colts are way behind. Name a roster that is worse than them in the league. Like they got to be bottom three. Well, yeah, maybe bottom three. I mean, listen, Houston, that roster doesn't look great. You know, there, there's probably another team in there. Um, it, you know, but I they're would, down there even, though. I would even say Atlanta, possibly. You know, they're playing well, but talent-wise, I mean, you know. Are you done with your answer? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, it. okay. That's it. I, mean, I, to- I told you it was wrong, and I told you how to fix it. Listen, we've gone over this many times, and you wanted to bring it up again, and I've told you this before when you asked me what went wrong on, like, three episodes ago and then six episodes ago. It is the GM and the ownership. When Andrew Luck – retired because you couldn't get him an offensive line to keep him upright and safe and healthy. You never fixed the O-line even after he retired. And then you never had a plan. I read you the list of quarterbacks that they've had since it's like five or six guys. It's either an old veteran or it's just a stop gap of a backup that played a whole year. I mean, they never did anything to upgrade long-term their quarterback position. So their line play has failed this year, but at least they tried to improve it. They never upgraded the quarterback. And then I don't know if you saw this interview on Monday night uh, countdown JT with Ursay, but he says that, you know, I, I reluctantly, gave Frank Reich the extension. What does that even mean? That shows me that not only is there bad and poor management in that organization, but there's also bad and poor ownership. What do you mean you reluctantly gave him an extension? What, was he going to leave for somewhere else? And then you're the owner. What do you mean? You can do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. What do you mean reluctantly? uh, Honestly, honestly, that right there tells me, JT, that either... He didn't know what he was doing, or two, he's now trying to deflect the blame. Which yeah, both of those things is poor it's the leadership. Classic, it's poor the classic ownership. rich, rich kid. I'm not going to have any accountability for my terrible decision making skills because it's like you blamed it on Carson Wentz, and now you're saying it's Frank Wright. Like, were they both bad? Like, like which one? Or, or you just don't know what the hell is going on because <laughs> you look coked out of your mind. So this is. Well, I won't go that far, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on. I went that far. I went that far because I went that far because that that man that man went on national television looking high as hell, and we know he got we know he got issues. And man, clean yourself up, look presentable. You are the owner of the freaking Indianapolis Colts, man, and you going on there looking like you got an eight ball on the corner. I, I like, won't. Co- and I you won't, don't make sense. I'm saying it. You ain't. I, you ain't got to say it. I said it. I know. I, I know. I'm just saying I won't comment on personal issues like that when I don't know the, you know, what's going on, but how to fix it. One of two ways. The first way, well, I'll, I'll just come up with one here. What did I say was the theme of my off season, JT, as far as coaching hires? What is it? I want you to repeat it. Cause you don't remember. You don't listen. This is why I can't work with you. The Miko Ryans, 
Because I the still Detroit believe it's gonna fix the calls. <laughs> I hey, still I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've never seen you ride for a defensive coach this hard. Like D'Amico <laughs> Ryan, D'Amico Ryan is like Bill Belichick. He could be, but damn, bro, like this yeah, is not usually, even a coaching show. Usually, D'Amico I'm a, Ryan. Hey, usually hey, I'm look, an offensive look, I want, guy. I want the brother to get a job. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I think he deserves one. But damn, D'Amico Ryan. Usually, I'm, usually I'm an offensive guy. But this is what I would do, JT. You bring him in because I still believe that defense can work in Indianapolis. Yeah, I always it's, tell it's you, kept him in a lot of games. Yes, yeah, I always tell you there's a small window. You got to take advantage of it. Then what I would do is once I hire him as, as head coach and before I hire him, I'd say, listen, our plan is we're throwing a boatload of money, not as much as we are to you, but we're throwing a boatload of money to guess who, JT? Eric Bieniemy. He's going to be our OC. So now you've got an OC that is a true OC, and we're gonna see because you always, you know, people always Bro, talk about well, can Eric you do it without? Me is not gonna leave the Chiefs to be the OC of the Colts. You know what though, JT? Money talks, and that's why you're throwing a boatload. You got to throw him. You know they should do what you said the Hurricane should have done to Rhett Lashley. Throw him so much money that he couldn't have left for SMU. Damn, I feel bad now because you listened to me. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, you say something. You, you, good. Listen, I, to me when, you listen to me when it fits your narrative. Exactly. So go get D'Amico Ryans. Make the enemy your OC. D'Amico Ryans can continue that defensive work. And then the OC and the enemy gets to revamp that offense. Right. Then you've got to get a quarterback. But this would be my backup plan, if not like 1A, 1B. If this if this crazy ass, like 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 EA Sports if, version doesn't work if, out. Yeah, if D'Amico Ryans turns you down. Or you can go to this guy immediately, Jim Harbaugh, JT. Jim Harbaugh played for the Colts. He likes going back to where he played. We saw it with Michigan. You make him the head coach. You know he wants to come back to the NFL. You throw him more money than Michigan can give. And now all of a sudden, you've got your guy that hopefully will be there 10, 15 years. And like you said, even if it's a one or two job GM cycle, yeah, to fix the roster, you have your coach. Now you can take time fixing the roster. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be very similar to the Browns. Where like, was it Sashi Brown that came in first? No, 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 no. That, he came I was, in second. I w- yeah, he came in second. I was going to mention him when you said it. You know, it, it might take two GMs. I liked when you said that because John Dorsey was the first guy. That's right, Dorsey, who who, flipped, he, who turned he around got good, the he, he he brought in good talent. It was yep. just too much to fix through the draft. Correct. Like, and then. Sashi came in and kind of like, you know, built on that. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. In- and they got the right coach, right? Exactly. Stefanski was was a better hire than Freddie Kitchens. Ooh, Kitchens. Now that's another story for another day. <laughs> well, speaking of-, <laughs> speaking, speaking of head coaches, um, who would have thought we would have mentioned Freddie Kitchens in this episode? So speaking of head coaches on Monday, CBS Sports NFL insider Josina Anderson tweeted that Sean Payton has a high affinity for the Chargers and Cowboys with the Cardinals also being a consideration. So, JT, does Sean Payton coach next year, and if so, where? Well, the way you asked the question, it seems like I got to pick between these three teams. Hmm. So, if No, 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 no. It's just that, you know, he's talking about already kind of coming back. It doesn't need to be with these three teams. You have at it. Be well, I, I mean, I said originally, I think, Peyton and Brady are going to team up somewhere. So there's only a few places they can go. 
But let's have fun with this question. Let's say it's, it's, it's between these three because the one thing that these three teams have is they have a franchise quarterback that's either under a rookie deal or they're already locked up to an extension. So the easy answer is the Chargers because Herbert is on a rookie deal, like I said, and people have anointed him as the second coming of Jesus Christ. So Peyton would be an absolute idiot to not take that job. But do you really see them now that the Chargers made the playoffs? Do you really see them getting rid of uh, Brandon Staley? Depends on how they do in the playoffs. Like if they go and they just blow it in the playoffs, yeah, I can see them getting rid of him, especially if somebody like Sean Payton is out there looming and they know that they are a favorite to land him. Okay. Well, I got creative and I went down the path that I think you were going. I think Sean Payton, Tom Brady, they they team up. And you know where I think they land, JT? I think Sean Payton goes back to New Orleans. I think Dennis Allen goes back to defensive coordinator. Sean Payton saying, hey, I can bring – only I can bring Tom Brady. And guess who's still there? Mickey Loomis, who has a great relationship with Sean Payton. Listen, mark it down. Put it on wax, as you always say. Listen, the most important element – this is what Sean Payton stated – in, in, in an interview recently, he stated the most important element is functional ownership and front office. Listen, Mickey Loomis is still there. Sean Payton knows the way the ownership is. He must still like he basically it. saying, I don't want to work with Jerry Jones. He must. He must. He that's must what, keep it real. That's what it sounds like. I, I guess maybe. But he did say he has a high affinity for the Cowboys. But. I think if McCarthy does well, I don't see how McCarthy gets fired either. Man, Sean Payton just said he got a high affinity for that paycheck that Jerry Jones is about to throw up. He's not saying you want to work with the man, but I, I mean the Saints is I mean that's that's very interesting. I mean, it makes sense. He knows he knows the organization, he knows the building, and it'd be just like he didn't leave. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you got him going to the Saints, thought it was the Titans. I thought Brady was going to the Titans before, but it seems like he's going to wherever Peyton goes, oh, so which you means do listen. that's something. So you that's do another thing that you agree with me that I said. See, I know I, you always say like I'm only right about one or two things, but here you go, riding the coattails of our prediction. So you do listen to me when I said Brady to the Titans. That if Sean Payton doesn't come back, Brady's might, still going I, I to might, the Titans. I might tune your ass out every once in a while. But uh, speaking of, you know, people getting selected to go places. You know, we're talking about what went wrong, what went right. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. So teams were announced, and, you know, they're going to, you know, have that new format this year. They're going to have the skills competition, the flag football game, which I think is going to be fun. But same thing we talk about every year is who did not get in. So who is the biggest Pro Bowl snub to you this year? You love these type of questions. Um, listen, it's a no-brainer, JT. James Bradbury of the Philadelphia Eagles, cornerback, I can't believe he's not on the roster. You go look at deep analytics, all right? He's giving six yards per coverage snap, all right? And then a Man, minus... what did I tell you about stealing my PFF lock-in? You got to stop doing that. If you want to use it, pay for it. Hey, by the way, the Illuminati package, you got to re-up uh, by January 1st for renewal, by the way it said. Then you've got a minus 37 expected points added as the nearest defender. I don't even know what that means, but supposedly that is he's not like, only, he's like the shit sounds good. <laughs> that is not only that is not only like Pro Bowl worthy. They're talking about that's like defensive player of the year worthy out of the cornerback spot, JT. So James Bradbury not getting on. 
that's a shame. Like that almost makes me question the whole roster construction. That's a good, that's a good pick. Um, it's always hard with corners because I think everybody just thinks unless they're getting interceptions, they're not doing yeah, anything. When you exactly. gotta look at like the coverage metrics, like you said, that's a good pick. Um, I was shocked you didn't pick this guy. I'm going with your boy, Alex Highsmith. Steelers Ooh, top wow. eight in sacks in the league. I think fourth in the AFC with 11, and he led the league in forced fumbles with five. Like he never went more than two games without a sack, so that's consistent. And I feel like if he had number 90 on the back of his jersey, like it yeah. wouldn't even be a question. Like he'd be in the Pro Bowl. So I got to go with that guy. Like he really stepped up when Watt went down. You guys needed somebody to carry on that pressure off the edge to keep that defense humming. And he did exactly that. And for him to be that high up with his stats and not make the Pro Bowl is crazy to me. I like it. All right. You're showing some love to the Steelers. See, I didn't want to be that hometown guy and this and that, but great bring up a great point i like that look at the stats you did research for this show good job hey i told you man i know what i know well we're gonna see what you know about this so the pittsburgh steelers legend franco harris uh passed away last week at the age of of 72 uh even prior to his passing the steelers were planning on retiring his number 32 jersey at the halftime game on um this past saturday night against the Las Vegas Raiders, as it would come almost 50 years to the day of the Immaculate Reception, possibly the NFL's most iconic best play uh, ever. So, JT, it got me thinking. Now, this is definitely a, a Don type of question. I'll take I'll take credit for it. Yeah, what you're is... right. It's because it's it's talking <laughs> about a bunch of old ass shit. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you, you got to know the history, right? You got to know the history. I, I can this. never blame you. You do act your age. What is, I know, a young 30. What is your top five list? Like, what's on your top five list of most iconic plays or moments in all of sports? So it doesn't need to be like, you know, it doesn't need to be the most famous play, but like just more iconic, you know, like doesn't even need to be in the most pressurized of moments. Yeah, so I took this question as, to me, things that I've actually seen. So mm. that's how I did my list. Like, things that okay. I actually saw, okay. I was watching it, and it was it's just iconic to me. Okay. So I got, I'm got i going to go five all the way to one. So five is the 1997 World Series when the Marlins won their first one against the Indians. Uh, Renteria hitting the, the ground up the middle and Craig Council Great scoring. Council. So. Yes, I was there. So to me, at the time, it was it was crazy. I've never seen anything like that, especially at a baseball game. So to me, uh, that was number five. Uh, number four was Mike Tyson losing to Buster Douglas in I think it was nineteen ninety. Like yeah. that was crazy. I was used to the Tyson. Did you watch it live? Off. Did you watch uh, it live? Yeah, I did. I, I don't. I don't know why but somebody had that on and I was watching that because like <laughs> it was always. Lakers games and then like whenever Mike Tyson would fight like my cousins would have it on so okay. I just happened to see this one and at number three uh Super Bowl 51 2017 the Patriots come back down from 28 to three like I've never seen anything like that that was crazy and then you know the rest is history number two I was reluctant to put this up there but I think I want to put it up there just because in my lifetime I feel like this was talked about so much and then to actually see it happen like I never thought it would happen just because so many people older than me 
said that it would never happen. They had never seen it in their lifetime. It was the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. They broke what a 108 year drought. Like I just never thought that would happen because that it, like that's just the way things were. So that was number two for me. Number one, uh, I definitely want to put this number one because I just remember like how much people talked about it, especially like around me and friends and family. It was Tiger Woods in 2001 when the Masters and becoming the youngest like person to ever do that. And 97. Do, that was 97. 97. 97. 97. Yeah. Now my ears messed up. But him winning that first Masters was crazy. Like it was, it just, it just got so many black people into golf that like absolutely didn't give a shit about it before. So like him winning the first Masters and then him just winning everything after that was just so crazy. And I want to put honorable mention on this list. Um, I didn't watch it as much as I watched these, but uh, just because my mom is a huge tennis fan, like Serena winning Wimbledon for the first time. So I got to put that maybe as like number six. So to me, those are my top iconic sports plays, moments, whatever you want to call them of all time. Got it. Yeah, I, I obviously went a little bit further back because I think you can. No, that's not that's not that that's not true. All of these ones, actually, actually, Babe Ruth hits hits first home run. Listen, I didn't see any of these live, but I think this is why it makes them so iconic, because when you keep seeing them all the time and then you get still photos of things and, and videos of it replayed, like that's what makes them so legendary, because now we know what happened 50 years ago, right? So to me, Immaculate Reception's got to be on it, right? Frank, Franco bending down to grab the ball, running into the end zone, people running on the field. That's definitely one of the top five. I think uh, Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston in the 65 rematch, telling him to get up. I mean, he knocked him out in the first round, you know, and he was telling him to get up because he thought people were going to think it was fixed. And there's that iconic still photo of him literally standing over Liston telling him to get up. I think going to soccer, you know, uh, Maradona with the hand of God, it's still talked about today. You freeze the photo. He clearly hits it off his fist. They go on to win the World Cup. And then the last two, JT, we see it all the time come March Madness. It's Jim Valvano running around after they win the title in 83. Even if you don't know who he is, eventually as a college basketball fan, you learn And that's the first thing and the last thing you see during March Madness. And then the last one is, you know, Hank Aaron uh, breaking and passing Babe Ruth's home run record. And as he's running, you know, rounding the bases, two fans come on the field and run around with them. I think that that's, you know, pretty iconic as it would not necessarily, it would not happen today with fans running on the field. Um, And as well at that time, that was a, that was a huge moment in baseball history, if not the top moment when uh, Babe Ruth's home run record is broken by Hank Aaron. So that's the top five I got. Obviously didn't see any of those live. Um, but, didn't see but, any of these live? But I'm not, I'm not that like old. Mine. I'm not that old. Come on now. I'm not that old. All right, good list. Yeah, I, I like the way you went with it because I feel like that's the way um, you designed the question. I just I just, I just, just took it a different way. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I just want to go with things that I've actually seen. Right. Like I'm like, when I think of sports – like obviously I didn't see the immaculate reception, but I'm like like things that were like iconic to me, man. And it's like 
like those things like live in my mind but everything you said i gotta agree like those, that those are also like elite elite like all-time iconic yeah I, I like i like how you did it and probably on my free time i'd have to think of my own top five that i saw live whether on television or in or in person um that's that's kind of a cool exercise he's like ryan too. fitzpatrick throws six interceptions <laughs> against the Chiefs because you had him for fantasy football exactly. and we were all, roommates all, at the time all his, all his iconic moments are going to be fantasy football related watch or or just jt failures in sports wow he's like oh i watched this guy melt down from all five of those in there nice nice to know i'm working with such a upstanding individual see this is shit i'm talking about all right so let's go let's go on to I feel like this section is pretty much taking over the show now because I think this is what gets the most, most, uh, most traffic. This is the one that gets the most hate. It's because you like it. It's because you like it. People, people really react to these questions, man. So if you don't know, it's hot or not. So I asked a question. If you agree with it, it's a hot take. If you disagree with it, it's not, which means it's a cold take. You you say a statement. You don't. You're not asking a question. I say a statement, and go. if you agree with it, it's a hot take. There and you if go. you disagree with it, it is a cold take. There you go. If you're gonna take over the it's segment, not. do it right, please. Do it right. Hey man, I sound a lot better than you were starting out. All right. So first on the docket, Tua's career is likely over. Is this a hot take or not? Not. Not. I mean, he's still early in his career. Um, you know, we've we've seen guys go through concussions before, and it is unfortunate. Don't get me wrong, but that his career is likely over. No, I I, I don't buy that. Two two is gonna do everything he can to get back on the football field. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not a hot top. It's not a hot take, and he might not get the big contract, but he's still gonna be able to play in the league. And you look at a guy that's even on his own team that went through a similar situation in college, Jalen Phillips, like. He went through the exact same thing, had a lot of concussions, quit football, took break, came back, and then went to Miami. And then the rest of his history, he was a first-round pick, and he's looking like he's legit. And he's playing a position where he gets hit way more than quarterback. Every play. Every play. Every play. So it looks bad, don't get me wrong, but I don't – I think saying his career is over is is kind of an exaggeration. I think he will continue to play. Hey, I thought you said these are supposed to be quick. You didn't like that. You, you said you, like you're making it longer. Go on to the next whole, one. You did a whole paragraph. All right. Dak is being unfairly disrespected, and it's a real problem. Oh, 100 percent It's a hot take. And he's done at least just as much or more as the Golden Boys, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. It's like it's the same issue with guys like him, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, like even Jalen Hurts to a certain extent, you see now. If they're not playing like Tom Brady or Mahomes, they're trash and they're not worth any money. Meanwhile, Josh Allen hasn't won anything and we swear he's a god. Like the disrespect for Dak is ridiculous. So much to the fact that people probably don't realize he came back last year from injury and had more passing yards and more passing touchdowns than Josh Allen. And here we are saying that everybody's saying he's ass, he's trash. And here he is about to make the playoffs with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, Stop disrespecting this man. He a franchise quarterback. He's earned it, and you'd be lucky to have him on your team. Yeah, this is a this is a hot take for sure. I've been telling you this for years, JT. I mean, pay they should have paid the guy first, right? They they let that linger on for too long, so that was part of the disrespect there, a huge part of the disrespect, and it still continues. Like I feel like the guy has to throw for five hundred yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, run for a hundred yards run for another two touchdowns every game 
just to be mentioned in the top 10 of quarterbacks. It's, yeah, it's he, ridiculous. Yeah, he basically got to be Al Bundy yeah. like in his heyday before people will give him respect. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to see how this, this next one goes. Zach Wilson is trash and should never play another NFL game. Is this a hot take or not? Can it be like lukewarm? Can it be nah, a, hot, a hot knot? You got to go. You got to go either or. Can it be Put a hot knot? On it. I, I'm doing a hot knot. That's what I'm calling this one. No, nah, you don't knot. get to do that. Hot it's knot. hot or not. I, I do because my name's on the show too. We get to do whatever we want. Listen, is he is he trash? I kind of agree. I think that's where the hot part is right now. It is a little bit of hot trash. But should he and he should never play another NFL game? That's where I disagree because listen, he's a top five pick. All right. And there still could be worse backups, worse third string, worse practice squad quarterbacks out there, right? You're taking the chance on him that, hey, some guys need a little bit more time to develop. And maybe he needs to develop more, you know, maturely on and off the field. And maybe then that'll lead to him playing a little bit better. So that's why I would say right now, yeah, he is playing like trash. I think it's hard to disagree with that. And that's not disrespectful to him. It's just that's how his play is going right now. It's not to say it will always be like that, but that he should never play another NFL game. Nah, if if I'm a team and I need a backup or, hey, we need another guy, you know, on the roster, I'd bring him in as a QB give him time to develop where he doesn't need to play right away. Yeah, I'll say not on both accounts, simply because you got guys like Nate Peterman, Christian Hackenberg, even Ryan Leaf, they all got second chances. And I don't think Wilson is as bad as either one of those three guys. So some team will believe they can, you know, untap his potential and they'll bring him in. This is the NFL way. He might be done in New York, but I think he'll play again. And then here's the other thing people don't want to talk about. One, you're acting like he's playing for this juggernaut offensive coordinator. LaFleur is very questionable, and I don't think he's that good either. So that's now that's they have one. no running game. Now, yeah, now they have Brees no running Hall, game no because Brees Hall's not there. So that's one thing. And then number two, I love Mike White, and he plays great. But I always wonder this. Mike White, if he's so great, why is he always starting off the season as the number three quarterback? Like, he should have been number two. Joe Flacco was number the number two quarterback all year. So I feel like Sometimes Mike White comes in because people just probably don't have tape on him because he's the number three or four quarterback and they don't care and he catches you off guard. Like, I wonder how he would do if people actually were like, all right, Mike White is going to be the starting quarterback for at least half the season. Let's see how he does. So I just don't think the Jets are as good as people think they are. They have some young, exciting weapons, but they're very similar to the Denver Broncos. We're overrating the weapons because of the draft capital and how we think about these receivers. And it's falling on the quarterback because he's not taking them to this, you know, imaginary level that people think they should be at. So I know I'm not saying Zach Wilson is great, but I don't think he's as bad as people are making him out to be because of how the Jets record is. Yeah. Um, In the last one, Let's talk a little bit of basketball. We're overlooking the Brooklyn Nets, and teams should be scared of them. Oh, absolutely. They're third in the East, and they're only, what, three games back of Boston? They'd be the number one seed in the West right now over your boy Jokic. And look at a couple things. KD is playing like he's back with the Warriors. Like, he should be a legit MVP candidate, if not a favorite up there to win it with guys like Luka. And the thing that's going under the radar is, Ben Simmons is 
getting back to showing flashes of playing at a defensive player of the year level. Like it's going to start coming more frequently, but you're starting to see it the past month or so. And they now have an actual coach. Like we always said, Steve Nash was trash. Now they got, was it Jacques Vaughn? He's in the building. Like they seem like they are on a revenge tour. And you always tell me the most important thing. Vegas knows they are the number three best odds to win the NBA Ooh. championship. So if I'm somebody that has to go through them right now, I'm terrified. You mean you're looking at lines and odds now? Whoa, are you getting got, ready got, for a got Vegas? Got a little gambling itch. You know how that it, goes. Are you getting? I mean, it is legal in Florida now, is it not? Got me a little parlay, maybe. Oh, are you, are you you're getting ready for a Vegas trip? I feel. Listen, let. I'm going to do what you normally do to me. I'm going to ask you several questions to get to my answer. Is Kevin Durant still on that roster and playing? Yes. Is Kyrie Irving Irving playing at a good level right now? Yes. I thought you were going to ask, is Kyrie still on the roster? And I was going to say <laughs> at the moment, yes. <laughs> Man, I should have. That would have set you up beautifully. Is Ben Simmons, you mentioned already, is Ben Simmons on this roster and actually playing? Yeah. Then it's a hot take. I mean, you got to be scared. If those three guys are playing and they're clicking, they're going to be in any game. They're going to give whoever they get when they get to the playoffs, whatever series they're in, it's going to be a minimum of seven games. If they're playing a higher seed, that team better get, I shouldn't say a minimum, but it's going to be a minimum of at least six. And if they're playing a higher seed, I'm worried. Obviously, if they're playing a lower seed, Brooklyn's going to take that series. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a hot take. They're being overlooked. And teams should be scared of them. So, JT, a couple other things before we finish the episode. Let's go to weekend predictions. It's a big weekend in football all around, JT. It's a good NFL slate. And then we'll finish up with, of course, the college football playoffs, those two games. So, first, the Thursday night game. Cowboys at Titans. Who you got? Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys, too, just because I think the Titans, they're going to lay low, get ready for week 18. Your Dolphins at the Patriots. Who you got? Patriots. I can't I can't trust these these backup quarterbacks against Bill Belichick with the playoffs on the line. Ain't happening. I, I, I agree. I don't think Tua plays in this game, so I think uh, the Patriots win. Jets at Seahawks. Oh, this is tough. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the Jets. Mike White, Jesus Christ himself, is back. He's going to put up 40 points. Listen, it's at Seattle. I'm going Seahawks. I have a little bit personal interest in it because the Steelers need the Jets to lose. All right. Vikings at Packers. Packers. This is what I've been waiting for all year is, is these Vikings to crumble. It's been it's been smoke and mirrors, man. I know you say they're the best team in the NFC, but this is going to show you they're not. You know what? You know what? Just because of that, I was going to pick the Packers because of the cold weather, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I don't think it's going to be too bad there. And you know what? All this talk about the Vikings, you know what? They just keep winning. They just keep winning. So I'm going to go Vikings on this one. I'm Every changing my answer. can't be the Minnesota Miracle. I'm, 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 I'm changing my answer. I'm going Vikings. Steelers at Ravens. Sunday night game. It got flexed to the Sunday night game. So I'm assuming they did that because they think Lamar has a good chance to suit up. No, I think it's because now the Steelers are in the playoff hunt. I think they, it's. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Like I, I just really do. If Lamar play, if Lamar doesn't play, like the Ravens well, have already, no chance to. They win already this game. lost without without Lamar. The Steelers. But I'm saying, like, I just think if if I just think you guys are playing better now. 
Like that Raiders game. It was two weeks ago. That Raiders game really showed me something. I, I just I just think you I think you guys are, are are figuring it out. I think the Franco, the Franco effect is really playing into you guys. Like I feel like you guys have something to play for. Like I, I and plus Lamar's not playing. I, I I really think this is gonna be an easier game for you guys than most people think. Yeah, I think even though they lost a couple of weeks ago to the Ravens, I'm gonna go Steelers. I think the Steelers, this is what they do, right? I told you at the beginning of the year when we talked about the Steelers. They're going to go nine and eight. They're going to go eight and nine, nine and eight. I mean, that's what they do because Tomlin won't allow them to have bad years. He's just, he's too good about keeping it together. He and won't think, allow them to be, be great and have a top five pick. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of the hard demise, but Hey, I guess that's good when you can be competitive. Um, Then the, what is it? The, Oh, before we get to the Monday night game, NFC South on the line, JT. Panthers at Buccaneers. Who would have thought this? This is tough, man. I want to go with the Panthers just because I want to see the scenario play out. A team that fired their coach wins the division and makes the playoffs with the interim head coach. I'm like, I'm here for that. So, and the Panthers already beat them once. So, I want to go with that again. I'm, I'm choosing the Panthers just strictly because I want to see this shit go down. Man, you know what? I was thinking the Bucks the whole time, but I think the Panthers pull it off. Listen, the Bucs are getting away with leaving teams like this around for too long. Then they got to pull off the miracle at the end. At they some point, lost it, to Trace McSorley, exactly. who, threw, who threw a bad option fumble. Like, yeah. like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah. I, I love I love Brady as much as the next guy, but like, like the, people do stupid things <laughs> that allow Tom Brady to have a chance to win the game. But like, I gotta hear Chris Collinsworth. Oh, the third string quarterback phone. Oh, here comes Brady. It's like here comes anybody in that situation. So just, <laughs> like I don't think the Panthers would do stupid crap like that. Uh, well, we'll see. But I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Panthers as well. I'm going to go Panthers as well. And then Bills at Bengals Monday night game. Listen, this might be the best Monday night game JT we've had in like twenty plus years in terms of the build up to it. This might you be the best. The best you don't Monday get night game like since this that, anymore. Since you don't that get matchups. Rams game. Yeah, that Chiefs exactly. Rams game was like fifty good to point. sixty. Yeah, good point. You don't get matchups like this going into a game anymore. The game Especially may turn out. Year. Yeah, the game may turn out to be good, but the matchup going in wasn't you know wasn't anything big. This it's is at Cincy. It's at Cincy. I gotta go with the Bengals, man. I just feel like this is so on brand for them. Like they are giant slayers at the end of the year. Like they they do everything else wrong except for like when it comes December and they got to play these primetime games. Like they show up. So I'm gonna go with them. You know, it's hard to go against the Bengals right now. I'll give you that. But I am going to go with the Bills. I mean, I think at just some point the Bengals are winning these games. They're winning too much. Like, you know the way it is in the NFL, JT. At some point, at some point, it not that it catches up with you, but you can't, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, especially when they've played so many good teams here lately, beating the Chiefs. You know, they're beating good teams. And this is the other reason why, too, JT. You know what the line is on this? Is it a pick em? No. The Bills are favored by a point and a half. It's at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's rolling. How are the Bills favored? Vegas knows. Vegas knows Josh Allen gets sucked up and they're trying to get people to bet because they think he's the MVP. Vegas knows something, so I'm going with the Bills. All right, so let's go to college real quick. College football playoffs. First game on the slate, I believe the 4 o'clock game. TCU versus Michigan, who you got? 
I'm gonna go with TCU. I, I like I like Michigan, but I, I I'm I'm going with TCU. Something about this team is is really crazy to me, and I think that loss against Kansas State may may refocus them. Well, I never thought they had a focus problem. I, I thought they were definitely focused for that. Kansas State's a really good team. I'm going to go Michigan, though. I always tell you, you got to take your lumps. Michigan keeps building up to this point, JT, right? They had to go through the gauntlet of Ohio State the last couple of years. They got destroyed by Georgia. They learned. And I think with TCU, I, I love them. I wouldn't mind seeing them win at all. I actually, I would prefer that they win at all. But I just think that ride is coming to an end at this point. Like, they haven't been there. They're they're facing a really good Michigan team that's just hot. So I'm going Michigan. And then the nightcap game, Ohio State versus Georgia, who you got? Oh, Georgia. Georgia by 100. You know what? I'm rooting for Georgia. But these are the type of games, and you can say all you want about how they got bullied by Michigan and they're not as physical and, you know, some guys are, are opting out of this game. But, JT, we saw it a couple years ago. What was that, 2016, where they went through Bama, they went through Oregon. We saw it back when they played the Canes in, o- in the 03 Fiesta Bowl where no one gave them a shot. These are the type of games that Ohio State wins. When they're the underdog, when everyone's saying they're not as physical, they're not as good talent-wise, what happens? They have all this time to get healthy, get their mind right, and time to game prep. Georgia's not as good as they were last year. I don't care what anyone says, they are not as they uh, they are not as good as they were last year. This is not going to be an easy game for them. I actually think Ohio State pulls the upset, but then Michigan beats them again for the national title. So wow, I just who, got I just got I got TCU and Georgia and Georgia's beating TCU. All right, all right. Always got you either got to go extreme or with the favorite by far. You know, you can never do anything in between. I mean, so, I just don't think I just don't think, I think Georgia, I told you, I don't even think they should have the playoffs. I think they should just give Georgia the damn trophy. Like, wow. I don't want innocent young children to get hurt and ruin their careers. Wow. Wow. All right. So before we go, I gotta throw in a surprise JT here. I know I haven't done this yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done this a while. So I don't know if you saw this though, JT. Let me, let me pull up my notes because as I go through things here. So the quick lane bowl, I know you didn't watch it because you're not really a true, you know, all around college football fan. You're just a Georgia fan. And when you want to be a Miami Hurricanes fan. So the quick lane bowl, the halftime contest, they did one of those. You got to throw the football in the huge like oh, pop, for the tuition soda, thing, soda can yeah, thing. for whatever money. And what I don't know if it was Dr. Pepper or not, but what they did was. Instead of from the five-yard line, it was a 15-yard pass. So it eliminated the chest pass from You gotta the, be able to throw the ball. Yeah, from the strategy. So do you like the move from the five to the 15? For or do me, you prefer yeah. for me? Yeah, I like that, but not for like the average person. Most people can't throw a ball five yards, which is why they went to the chest pass. I'm wondering if they should go happy medium, maybe 10 yards. 15 Dang. seems sit 15 is a tough throw I think I for anybody. That. I think I can make that. You think you can make it? Yeah, but yeah, can yeah, you, for sure. Can you? Oh, of course, you're always going to. You you think you can throw it 100 yards? But I mean, you 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 see you see me throw throw lasers from 60 50 yards out. So don't don't act like 60 I don't know what I'm yards about. out. 
50? You see, I have not seen. Literally, no literally, literally, we were at the fifty, and I was on one knee, and I hit. No, the you know, you saw God. that. Wow, saw this that. story keeps getting more ridiculous. Now it's a one knee throw. You see, we anyway, did this anyway. You could not repeatedly make darts from fifteen yards out. You might be able to hit one out of five. No, but... I can hit I, from fifteen yards. Yeah, this is it... the same person that threw a twenty yard out from opposite hash. We did this. We tested that. One time, you have a pretty good arm. Your arm strength is good. No one's questioning that. There's also oh. something called accuracy. <laughs> you, you know you how hurtful it was for you to admit that. He's like, your arm strength <laughs> is actually kind of good because these things did happen. You didn't no, no, throw no, it I from think, one knee 50 yards. Let's be clear. I, I did do that. I think no, the 10 – I, I did. I think the 10 no, is no, is no. the happy medium, like you said. But I, I, I kind of like it, man. Get some real athletes out there throwing the ball, winning this money. That tells you too many people are winning it that they have to back it up. But then that eliminates – like that's – 15 yards is difficult that the, the call, the, the, you know, the average college student, like, let's say myself back in the day, that, that's a hard, that's a difficult throw. I mean, well, back I, when you were in college, they college was, was it, it was affordable. They didn't have to have these contests. We, we went pretty much the same time. Anyway, that's enough disrespect to the age thing today. I'm calling it quits on the show for this episode. I'll, I'll be back of course, for the next episode, just because, you know, it's in my contract and I uphold contracts, JT. So great episode, man. A lot of fun. Gets us ready for the new year. Um, happy new year to everyone out there. We won't be able to get an episode, um, another one after this before the new year, but we'll see you in 2023. Thank you to all the fans and listeners out there for not only listening to this episode, but all year long. We do it for you guys. It's a lot of fun. We appreciate the support. So as always, remember to please subscribe to us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to also follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram. TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, great episode. Happy New Year to you and your family. I'm looking forward to a bigger, better 2023 for JT and the Don. Any last words for our fans in 2022? We'll see y'all next year. That's that's right. All right, JT, at, like you said it, until the next episode and until next year, see you. Peace.